Here we go! Here we go! This is it, the debut episode of The Business Of. I am going to be covering some interesting topics each and every week, and we look at the business side of what is happening in the world, not just the fun side. This week, the debut episode, we are talking about fundraising. We've all done charity streams. We've all participated in them. We've even had people come to the door. We've got those letters in the mail. Maybe you've even been attacked. I mean, not attacked. You've been stopped on the street and asked to donate to your favorite charity. So this week, we're going to talk about that. And I have with me two of the world's leading experts. First, we have, and they, you, I, you, I can see them off screen laughing their heads off when I call them the world's leading expert. First, we have Anne, in no particular order, maybe in alphabetical order, no, no particular order, Anne Rosenfield and Mr. James Martin, two of the world's leading experts in fundraising. Both of these I have known for many, many, many years and are friends of the channel and have both been in other streams that I have done. Both are friends, some and some of them, some of you watching may actually know of them or know them personally. So, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why are you one of the world's leading experts on fundraising? Well, let's deal with reality first. Uh, I've been uh, a fundraiser for just over 25 years. I celebrated a quarter century uh, as a fundraiser uh, last September. Uh, I got into fundraising because uh, I couldn't figure out what else to do. And uh, someone said, hey, why do you try fundraising? And uh, I thought, why not? Why not? Is that not how everybody got into it well, 25, I, I, 25 yeah. years ago? Yes. yes. Once yes. upon a time. That is exactly how everybody got said, into hey, it. you should try fundraising because nobody knew anything about it. Uh, so it was easy to get in then. Uh, so I've worked for uh, uh, food banks. I've worked for a, a women's shelter, uh, large organizations, small organizations, mostly local. Uh, and uh, I like doing the stuff that uh, irritates people, uh, sending out the mail, sending the email, asking people to call. Uh, e emails new. You weren't doing that 25 years ago. No, you're you're right. You're right. I, I think we were still at uh, ABCD mail uh, back then. Yeah. Uh, and uh, currently I work in uh, in the lovely uh, thriving metropolis of Burlington at uh, Holton. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Holton, the Holton Learning Foundation in Burlington, Burlington, Ontario, Canada, for our international folks. I see my friend Crow Resin is in the uh, is uh, is watching from the California. So he's watching from California. So there you go. I see him on your gaming channel. That is correct. I do game with my good friend Crow Resin, Miss Rosenfield. How about you? You've been doing this only a couple of years. More longer, than longer, longer, longer than Jim. Um, and I've worked, um, actually Jim and I overlap, uh, with a, we both worked at one point for the AIDS committee of Toronto, um, but not at the same time. Unfortunately, I've worked for university. I've worked for, uh, frontline social service charities. I've, uh, volunteer very actively in international LGBTQ, um, human rights and I currently work for a uh, synagogue here in Toronto. Excellent. Okay, so this is the business of fundraising. 
And as I said in my little quick little intro, everyone knows a little bit about fundraising. They've donated to, um, you know, they've donated at work. Um, you know, they've been harassed by coworkers to buy those yummy little uh, chocolate covered almonds, girl guide cookies. Uh, but that's the only side of it we know. They've also probably watched or participated in charity streams. We're going to talk about that later. But Jim, why don't you just give us a quick, you know, 101. What is fundraising? Just, you know, for the for my friend Crow Resin, who's watching here, who, you know, has a real job and gaming is not his career, just uh, has a real job. What is fundraising? How would Wait, you describe he's, he's it to the layman? He's got a real job. Can I send apparently, him a letter? Uh, apparently. Can I, can I send him an email asking sure. for funds? Sure, sure. Um, so the, the simple thing is it's right in the it's right in the term. Um, fundraising is uh, is the the art and science of asking uh, folks to support uh, an organization that they probably won't use. Um, people we, in in the fundraising pr profession, uh, as uh, as three of us are, we know it's more than that. It's about the relationships. It's about choosing the right methods. It's about choosing the right time. It's about finding uh the right uh the right message um and so it's it's so much more than just asking for uh financial support it's about relationship management it's about being technology managers in a lot of mm -hmm. cases uh and uh and understanding uh where the trends are why people give and uh and how they're most likely to give but you know, I'm right? sorry, I'm gonna like totally interrupt what y'all are gonna do all evening but fortunately these guys know me so Welcome, welcome to how annoying I can be, new people. Um, I think there's an important difference, though, between fundraising and philanthropy, because mm -hmm. as an example, I can um, go to a garage sale and I can give someone $20 and maybe that garage sale is going to support Jim's charity, which does great work. And I'm going to give them $20 for, you know, a bunch of Beatle albums that they're selling. Or... I can go online and make an online donation to Jim's charity for $20. And for that, I will get a tax receipt and a warm thank you, but no Beatles albums. And my point is, is that the first one is fundraising and the second one is philanthropy. And when people think about fundraising, they often think that fundraising and philanthropy are the same thing and they're not. So when you're looking at how much a charity spends on fundraising, you have to bear in mind if that charity is running a business or that charity is um, you're running a lottery or something, things that are expensive, but that's fundraising, but it's not philanthropy. And I think mm -hmm. that's an important difference, which I think will help people think uh, more clearly when they're trying to figure out what charity to support. Excellent point. Um, and I, and one of them, I think involves more planning and more, more thinking and less reacting. Um, would, and I see you shaking. So you would agree with yeah. that, Anne? Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think, you know, it can be the case. Look, I think there is reacting in, in, in philanthropy too. You know, um, I, you know, I hear that someone's died. That's pretty much an automatic mm -hmm. donation to the charity of their choice. That's a mm -hmm. reactive gift, um, but it's a it's a it's a it's more of a philanthropic gift mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, as opposed to you know if I give the twenty dollars for that as opposed to as I say the twenty dollars for the Beatles albums. But from 
our perspective on the fundraising side, it's still $20 in our, uh-huh. our pockets. Uh-huh. And what, what would you categorize when they ask me at the grocery store if I want to top up my donation to the local hospital, the local children's, the local whatever? Where would that fall under? I think that's fun. Well, that's an interesting question. I, you're not get well, you're not really getting anything for it. So I think it falls a little bit more on the philanthropy side, right? Okay. They're saying, hey, will you top up and we'll give you, I mean, I, you don't really get anything for it. So I'd say that's a little bit more on the philanthropy side. Okay, but cool. if they're saying, um, I don't think there's a lot of this, but there's, there's a store near me um, who tremendously benefited from the hospital for sick children. It's the hardware store right down the street. Uh-huh. And they have a donation up. Oh, sorry. You would think that I would have turned off my phone, but you'd be wrong. Um, they have, they clearly, they bulk buy candy bars and you can buy a candy bar and they just put the money straight into the sick kids jar. Uh-huh. To me, that's fundraising, not for me as the person, because I give them a dollar, they give me a candy bar, which is actually a bargain. For me, that's fundraising. I think for them, that's philanthropy. Cool. Jim's reaching to turn off his phone. No, I'm I'm reaching to corral a child out of the camera. Ah. Uh. Almost as much fun. Children are welcome on the stream. It's, it's, my, 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 my child uh, often comes on the stream, but you, on my show is usually to make fun of me, though. Well, it's, um, it's your show. I don't know so that you want to see. They, eh, if, uh, if, if, uh, if one of Anne's children wants to come on the show, uh, okay. one, one, one of her children has a bigger draw than me. So, sure, he can come on the show if he Hard to believe. <laughs> And, you know and, I, and I and I realize I'm using the wrong pronoun, so I apologize. No, you are using the right pro- pronoun. He is a he. Oh, but okay. You, actually, you know, the business of drag is actually an interesting. That could be a that could be a future show. That mm-hmm. could that could be a that could be a future show. Okay, so we've talked a little about what fundraising is. Now, you two are fundraisers. What is that? Like, you know, like what what is that? Like, what what do you do? You just run around and ask people for money. Are you the people, you know, do you hit me up on the street when I'm outside the the uh, the museum and the art gallery or those people that come banging on the door? Are they are they the same thing? Is that you or what, what exactly is your job, Anne? Uh, I would say they are part of uh, fundraising. Absolutely. They're part of that whole set of things uh, that we do. I think the folks who you know, the company who's manufacturing those chocolate almonds Mm. in those boxes, they're in the business of fundraising, Mm. right? Um, Because you're getting a service. The people who are knocking on your door or approaching you outside the museum, that we may not like how they do what they do, but they're, they're trying to talk to you about philanthropy, about making a philanthropic gift. And I do that, if not every day, almost every day. Um, I generally do that with people who are already connected to my organization. Um, so, and I, part of our job, which Jim talked about earlier, is if we're doing our jobs well, we're trying to be accountable to you as a donor about what's the impact of your gift, about what worked well with your gift. We're trying to be honest about maybe what didn't work so well with your gift. Like if we're doing this well, 
it's not just a please give me money and then I'm never going to talk to you again. So bad philanthropy and bad fundraising, we talk all the time in the sector is if we are treating you, the members of the donor public, like your automatic teller machines. Um, so that's bad fundraising. Good fundraising, as I say, is the, the is the is the asking, but it's also the thanking and the updating, which we call stewarding, and the getting to know you so that we can match a gift to who you are. That's all part of this process. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so we've talked, we bounced around a little bit. What types of fundraising are there, Jim? Oh my is it god! Because you, you just talked about sending letters, and yeah. you said you're going to send me an email. Right. I'm going to give you a phone call at dinner time. I'm going to phone me at dinner. I am going to phone you if, if I knew what time your dinner was. Then I'd I'd time it for I that. I knew what time. I knew what time uh, dinner was. I would I would send those people to knock at your door. I've I've uh, I've been responsible for uh, for those folks and the folks who stop you on the street. Um, but uh, there's more than just uh, those uh, reasonably impersonal ways, uh, except for the, the folks who are actually asking uh, at the street or on the street or at your door. Uh, we have events, uh, a lot of oh, events. about events. Yeah. Uh, a lot of organizations. Uh oh. Uh, are, is that to me or is that to him? He's the That's one to him. I'm the one who brought it up. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we have lotteries and raffles and gaming. Uh, we talk oh, to gaming. People. Oh, gaming. I like gaming. I like gaming. I, yes. Yeah. I you you mean this kind, you mean this kind of gaming or a different that kind could, of gaming? Yes. Wasn't gonna... exactly what I'm thinking about. Oh, yeah, what were you thinking of? What do you mean? That. What do you mean by gaming? Uh, lotteries, uh, bingos, uh, uh, raffles, things like that. Um, long tradition of, uh, of, uh, going to bingos and, uh, and giving money to, uh, to charities, uh, in, in, in our, uh, in our province. Fun, fun, um, fun fact, back in the eighties, I did do some for a theater group. I used to go, um, and do help out with the, 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 the bingos. Uh, this was back in the eighties uh -huh. and, uh, that was back when you could smoke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I was going to say that's back in the smoking. Days. That was smoke in yeah. the backing days. And uh, it did not matter the weather outside. It mm -hmm. made zero difference. <laughs> I had to come home. I had to untake off all of my clothes outside on the back porch. Uh -huh. And it didn't matter the day, the weather, the time it made zero difference. I had to take off all my clothes. A lot of times there was snow on the ground. Sky there was snow on the ground, but that didn't matter. Yep. And then I had to go down into the shower right away because yes. I just reeked and yeah. my clothes yeah. just reeked yeah. and they yeah. stayed outside and eventually they would make it into a laundry at some point. But yes, it didn't matter uh, the day or the night because that back we, in the eighties, you could smoke. We, uh, we share a similar memory, except mine is from the nineties when there would be a smoking section and a non-smoking section and uh people would uh there were there was not a lot of enthusiasm for going into the smoking section to to sell the bingo cards uh so uh like so, it like uh, it made a difference right yeah it's like hmm, okay all right i can see that orange fog as i'm walking through the door uh <laughs> but yeah coming home uh, like the non-smoking session the back of the plane yeah, like exactly. that, like like that was like that was any. I'm, I want the non-smoking section at the back or the front of the plane, wherever yes. the I forget where yes. it was. Now it was so long ago. 
So there's Owen. Owen's coming into uh, Hi, Owen. Hey, Owen. That was a plane. Um, yeah. uh, so one charity, we did four bingo shifts in a weekend. So mm -hmm. two on a Friday and two on a Sunday. Oh. So uh, I would get out of the car on Friday night, not go anywhere on Saturday, get back in on Sunday morning, and I still... Uh, can we use the word reeked? Is, is your audience okay with the word reeked? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's YouTube. I marked okay. it as not safe for children, so it's all good. Okay. Yeah, right. so you, yeah, so you can use any any words you want. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. so I, I remember those days fondly, um, and I'm also glad that uh, that I don't have to haven't had to do them in a while. Yeah. Uh, so my so my good friend David Wilson just popped in. David's from the UK. You guys are from Canada. So any difference in fundraising? This is not on my questions. This was not on the pre-question. If you're looking for your seat, Jim, this was not on the pre-question that I sent well, out ahead of time. I just but any I just any difference between fundraising? I thought Anne was texting me saying, you take this question, Jen. <laughs> no, no, no. Either um, one, either one. This is a free for all. Anybody can answer this one. So my friend David Wilson is in the UK. I want to say Liverpool, but I really don't know anywhere in the UK. Oh, so. well, I was, a baby I, I, I was a baby in Liverpool. Um, he's going to get mad at me because he only told me this last night, but I don't remember. Okay. So, yeah. um, so the, I would say there's a couple of things. In both countries, or all countries, because I think uh, Pro Resin is in the U.S. Yes. Um, gifts in your will are definitely uh, something that's um, that's available. The it's a little bit of degree. I think we do a lot more uh, charitable gaming in Canada. I used to actually work in California. I don't think it's it's nearly as common there. There's been a lot more uh, controversy or uh, David might say controversy um, in the UK, especially around fundraising appeals, donations by mail. Mm -hmm. um, the idea, Jeff, you were talking about the people coming up to you on the street, that idea yeah. actually originated in, um, England. So no, thank you. Um, and in fact, in the UK, they call it chugging, which is short for charity mugging. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, I think people are people. So I think a lot of this, uh, stuff, uh, for, you know, Western, you know, kind of Anglo-Saxon based countries, which Canada, Britain and the US all are. There's a lot of things, you know, that are are similar. Um, it just may be the mix of, you know, what kinds of events like golf tournaments are big in Canada and the US. I don't know if they're big in the UK. Um, certainly galas used to be big. I don't know that they're going to come back in the same way. Like it's, you know, it's it can be a little bit oh. country by country. Like the Met Gala. Like the Met Gala, which is technically a charitable event. <laughs> On the bucket list of, of attending one day, I will get to the Met Gala. Maybe when my YouTube channel gets as big as, as uh, Marquis Bronley. You, you know what? Tickets like $30,000 for one person. No, no. The YouTube people get them free. Did they come Kardashian is paying for her ticket? Well, Kim Kardashian should be paying for her ticket, actually, because Kim can afford to pay for her ticket. But. I don't think but, she, I don't I don't think she is. Could I could I say to the Kim Kardashian comment? One, she didn't pay for her dress. She wasn't even wearing her own dress, so she could have you know okay. paid for her own ticket. Okay. And and isn't Kim Kardashian one of those people we always want to donate to our own galas? I guess. No, I thought we wanted the uh, Mrs. X, Mrs. Bezos. I thought she was the one who we all want. Mackenzie yeah, okay. Scott. That, that, that's her name. Thank you. I was yeah. drawing a blank on 
as much as I could come up with an ex Jeff Bezos's wife. Yes, her. Don't we want her to give all her us her all her money? Well, we like her because she gives unrestricted gifts. Uh-huh. So she allows the she what she does, which is I would say very smart, is she really looks researches the charity, you know, gives it kind of gives the tires a good kick. And when she decides she trusts the charity, then she just gives to them and she decides that they're the experts, which honestly is, you know, obviously I'm biased because I work for charity, but I think that's a good way to go. It allows the charity to be more flexible. It allows them to try new things. um, And it lets, it lets you be more of a partner with the charity than saying, you know, you can only do these narrow, narrow things with my, with my gift. Uh, I'm going off script again, um, just because I only just thought of it. Um, and because you're Jeff. And because I'm Jeff. Is there... You want me a- to send you a copy of the script? I've got it right here on my screen. <laughs> no, I have it open too. Um, oh, okay. Is there a difference in fundraising? So only because I because David was popped and we talked about England, but not 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 by country, but by religion. So I believe, Anne, you work at a Jewish organization, um, you know, I know the Muslims have the zakat, which, uh, correct me where I'm wrong, somebody, I think they have to give 10% or a percentage of their income to charity uh, as, a, as a charitable gift. I don't remember the percentage. So is there differences between um, religious in terms of charitable giving? So I, I was... Uh, the the place where I got the this is my fundraising shirt, which I'm proudly wearing right now, mm-hmm. uh, there was a, a conference of fundraisers a couple of weeks ago, and I was speaking actually with a Christian minister and a Muslim imam. Uh, we're all professional fundraisers. Um, so I will say you guys all walked into a bar. No, sorry. We, we, I, yeah, I, we, didn't, we didn't walk in. We didn't walk into a bar because. Muslims don't drink, but uh, other than that, we did, but we were in Las Vegas. So, you know, close enough. Um, well, just because you go into a bar doesn't mean you have to have something alcoholic. That fair. Absolutely fair. So, um, and you, and I did know you guys were in Vegas. So yes, you, you. did know we were in Vegas. So, so, I, maybe. so the, well, the, so in the Jewish tradition, you know, I mentioned this earlier, it's very, two things, a, the number 18, means life in Hebrew. So donations and multiples of 18 are very common in the Jewish tradition. And in our tradition, if someone dies, you do not send flowers, you only give money to charity. So that's a very, very strong uh, Jewish cultural belief. And so when someone dies, you know, will I at my place will get $18, we'll get $36, you know, or, or 183.60, we'll get multiples. I can't begin to explain how Muslim philanthropy works. What I can say is having heard um, Urshad, uh, my colleague, speak many times on this topic, um, giving during the month of Ramadan is extremely important. And a lot of Muslims do all their philanthropic giving or the vast majority of their philanthropic giving during Ramadan. So if you happen to work for a charity and you're listening to this right now, bad news, Ramadan ended two weeks ago. Good news, you have 40 plus weeks to figure out how you're going to do this better next time. And um, 
you know, I, I mean, we live in a culturally Christian um, context. So I think the, the, the way we think of fundraising in North America tends to be in English, North America tends to be kind of a Christian way of giving. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Can I, can I pop in there? Yeah. <laughs> no, Jim, you're, Okay, I, you know, just I, I, I always ask that question, and sometimes I'm hoping someone will say no, uh, just to see what uh, what the reaction of the room is. Um, for you know, this as a as a um, as a, a former uh, practicing member of a a, 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 a Christian uh, church, the thing that struck me about going to church that I think about now is that for a lot of people, it's their first opportunity to donate. Mm -hmm. It's their first chance to think about, um, about money doing something more than just buying a good. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, as a, as a kid uh, in, in the seventies, the um, that, that was a big deal. Uh, the most important thing my, my mother sent me off to church with was uh, a quarter for collection. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a lot of us of a certain age became fundraisers uh, once a year also by collecting change. And it was our first opportunity to be fundraisers. And I'm thinking now about the, uh, the UNICEF box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm not sure how Halloween works in with Christian church, but there you go. Uh, the, the pagan ritual? Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So we go to church uh, every weekend and give money, and then on Halloween we take it back to give to other folks. I, I guess that's the lesson. I guess there. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although true story, when I was a kid, um, I we did go trick or treating for UNICEF, and um, that's what we all did in the seventies. Well, but did you get chased off of someone's yard with the band screaming after you, communist? Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, I grew up on the Hamilton Mountain. Um, so I'm going to say no. I was much older before someone called me a communist. <laughs> I was past my UNICEF years. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I, I, I don't think I've ever been called. I've been called many things in my life. <clears throat> uh, but communist, I don't think, is one of them. I would like to say, for the record, I'd be much more likely to call Jim a communist than to call you a communist. I mean, one of you studied Russian, so, you know. Which is now coming in useful because of various, you know, uh, you know all those years of Russian, you know, you know, all that Russian learning, Jim, is now you're putting it to good. And, and, and a lot of people on my Facebook are now Russian experts. Um, yep. Or at least, or at least, Eastern European experts. Last yeah. year, I had a lot of people working as infectious disease specialists. Yes. They have now got new jobs. It appears. Um, again, small sample size, just looking at Facebook. But uh, you know, from from what I can I, tell, I see the same thing on on Twitter. And yeah, uh, and of course, yeah. you know, an awful lot of uh, constitutional experts too. Uh, over the past several months, uh, you know, so. I, yeah. I clearly misapplied myself at school not to learn so many subjects. Uh, apparently, <laughs> apparently, apparently. For those of you that, for anyone who's just popped in, this is the new my new show, The Business Of, and we're talking fundraising with international experts Anne and Jim. And if you have any questions on fundraising, no large or small, anything you were dying to know, throw it in the chat and we will ask them. And you can try to stump them. 
Uh, question, uh, Jim, explain your shirt. My shirt? Oh, and I've yes. got to stand up for this. And this is going to be interesting. Having I know. Shirt, shirts are made to be worn and seen in person, not yeah. so much on yes. camera. Okay. So, all right. Let's see how this works. So it says, hello, my name is Overhead. Did any of that come through or did it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, because uh, that's going to lead into my question. You guys are fundraisers. Yeah. How do you how do you get paid? Paid. Yeah. Or you Since just do it when? all for you just do it all for free. Since when? Um, how do we get paid? We get uh, our organizations pay us to uh, to raise much more money than we cost. Uh, that's my simplistic uh, answer. Um, so explain the shirt now, then. Sure. Okay. So. Uh, which oh I made God. you wear. Just for the record, folks, I made him wear it. He was originally yeah. he didn't have it on. I made him go and put I it was, on. I was I was dressed respectably uh, <laughs> out of uh, out of respect for your channel and your show, uh, and you. Uh, I said respect, Jim, or uh, respect, Jeff. Um, now I'm Jim. Um, <laughs> no, so, I'm Jim. Yeah, who's Jim now? I for, I'm I'm off script. I can't tell which one of us is Jim. I'm now. Spartacus. The. Uh, there are an awful lot of folks who volunteer uh, or, or whose volunteer roles are, are fundraisers. Um, and in many organizations in Canada, and I'm willing to bet this is the same in the States, I'm less certain about saying this about the UK, um, but um, many, uh, many of the folks who work at charities, many of our charities are completely volunteer staffed. Mm -hmm. um, and it takes, it takes a, certain, uh, a certain growth to get to a point where we are paid as fundraisers to to raise money for folks. And you've got an unusual look on your face. Did I say something horrible? No, I we, saw that Simpleton had a question. So when you were done, I was going to comment. Oh, okay. I was going to put Simpleton's question up and then I was okay. going to So carry uh, on, Jim. That look scared me, Anne. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh my gosh, did I did I blow it that badly? Because you, you're you the international expert. I'm just Southwestern Ontario <laughs> expert. Um, so when when organizations get to a certain size and, and certain uh, degree of complexity um, or they're ready to take the next step uh, in their growth, um, fundraisers get hired. Some organizations uh, um, set themselves up from the beginning to fundraise, but uh, but that's not the case of a lot of smaller charities. Uh, so we are uh, we're conscious as fundraisers of um of what we can do for an organization to bring in uh lots of support and long-lasting support and the relationships that keep that coming in mm -hmm. uh, but we're also conscious that people are concerned about what's often referred to as overhead mm -hmm. uh and that includes not just the photocopier paper but it includes my salary uh and um uh and and so for a period of time uh, especially early days for uh, organizations like uh, Charity Navigator and GuideStar in the States, the the, the critical uh, metric became one around overhead. How much is an organization spending on uh, the administration, spending on, on fundraising? Mm -hmm. And it became less about impact. And so uh, uh, for as long as I've been in uh, the profession, 25 years, which is similar to uh, a sentence for murder in Canada, um, We've been talking about how to move the, the conversation past what we cost and what we bring to an organization. Mm 
Right. Uh, and um, and uh, in my preparation, when I was reading the script earlier, making notes, um, uh, an article uh, online suggested that uh, a, a fundraising uh, or uh, an organization with a fundraiser typically or on average raises about 375 percent more revenue than an organization without a paid fundraiser. I have no proof. I did no fact checking to find out if that's true. But I thought, heck, that's a statistic I want to I want to tell Jeff. There's something out there that says uh, this is what we do. And mm-hmm. so there is a role for volunteers and for uh, for paid staff in any organization because we rely on on volunteers to do a lot of the things that that we can't. The phone calls that they can make to um, to uh, to people they know, uh, the energy uh, on an event uh, from a volunteer is is often astounding. So uh, I think that leads into Simpleton's question: What are your thoughts on sponsorship campaigns? Like when people run five Ks, or is as in my case every year, I shave my head for kids with cancer and collect sponsors. So in in fact, he's a fundraiser. He's a non-aid, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, I think there's a few things. First of all, Simpleton, thank you for that because, like, you. Not not every year want to shave your head, um, but you do it anyway because it's not right and fair that kids have cancer. Um, I, I think it's like anything like do like it's events at their best and whether it's a shave your head, whether it's a, a, a walk, a run, a, a, a bicycle or whatever. Um, one of the things that events at their best do is they let they give you something to do and what i mean by it is is that i think probably all of us have been touched by cancer either personally family friends and there often isn't a lot you can do um so the great thing about a walk or a run or a you know sponsorship is at least you can do something and it's something that can hopefully help find a cure, find better treatment, help the hospital or an organization that's helping the person. So it's something tangible that you can do to support, which is really important and valuable. So like, good on you for for doing that. I think it's awesome. And there's, and we don't have to get into, I don't know anything about Simpleton's background or, or this, but there must be a personal connection uh, must be a reason why he didn't just wake up one morning, decide he was going to uh, shave his head um, for can- for kids cancer. There may be a personal connection, which is most likely why we always do, you know, do things. The reason I have done certain events is because either I have a personal connection to it. So but both my niece and nephew have Crohn's. I've done a lot of stuff for Crohn's events. Other times I just get asked by people to dress up as a turkey in a grocery store. Um, yeah. You know, so sometimes you just do that. Yeah, I think, though, it's an interesting point because, you know, Simpleton, when you're shaving your head for kids with cancer and you're probably directing people to a particular charity, you're at that moment, you're sort of you're sort of passing the baton to people like the three of us. And then if we're doing our jobs properly, not only are we issuing a proper tax receipt for the person, we should also be thanking the person. But then if we're really doing what we should be doing, we should be sending them some kind of a 
it, you know, an email, you know, if it's even if it's a modest donation of, you know, 10 or $20, hopefully we're sending them some kind of an email at some point that just says, here's some of the things that we've been able to accomplish over the last year, thanks to your support. Your support amplified by the support of others has allowed us to make a breakthrough in stem cells or to have a a family respite center in the hospital. And now it has lounger chairs so that people can sleep mm -hmm. like, like to let the people that you you've put your good name out there and said to people, I'm going to do this. And I'm also going to kind of vouch for this charity. And then if we're doing our jobs, well, we're, we're reinforcing that that was a valuable thing for you to do. And that here's the impact. That's what happens when we do our jobs well. I think when the donor public gets mad is when we don't do our jobs well. It'll be interesting as a follow-up to Simpleton, uh, what 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 happened after with all the with the head shaving and the money raised? Did he hear from the charity? What was his interaction? It'd be interesting to see what his interaction is. And just to just to, to close yes. the loop on our friend David Wilson. Apparently he's from he's from Durham, north in just north of Toronto. Uh, the other Durham. Oh, oh, in North Carolina. It's it's the first Durham. Oh, right. I'm right. going to guess at least it's closer to the first than either of the two you just mentioned. Ah, okay, yes. And David is uh, very uh, posh sounding, very uh, very sophisticated sounding because I have heard him on um, there. Okay, so you're, you're you're talking to a you're talking to a guy you know who's a gamer. And, you know, uh, my friend Vet Cloud Gaming, gaming's in his name. Uh, I met Crow Resin Gaming. I met Simpleton Gaming. Um, oh, wait, hang on before I ask that mm -hmm. question. So Simpleton yep. said, there is. I started doing it seven years ago as a PTO parent when a kid in my daughter's school passed from cancer and the family created an event and has asked to join because I have a lot of hair. That's amazing. And if you think about that how much that means to that family, right? Uh -huh. Because uh -huh. that 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 you're showing that you're helping remember their kid and you're helping make sure that in the future, no other family will have to endure what that family had to endure. Uh -huh. So that's like amazing. And he's still doing it, you know, you know, yeah. he may have, you know, he's still doing it, what did you say, uh, seven years later. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the daughter's probably left that school now and may not even be friends with some of the kids uh, you know, we're all parents. We know how all that all that rolls around. But the fact that he's still doing it, so good on uh, good on Simpleton to keep up. And and I could be wrong. Maybe he's still friends with the family. Maybe he's still you know mm -hmm. still maybe they go at the same church or the same synagogue or he sees them at the local you know Win Dixie. I don't even know where Simpleton's from, so I probably should know uh, these sort of things. Okay, so back to my back to where I was originally. Uh, yeah, because so Jim yeah. studied for this test, unlike yeah. me. Which which uh, which page of the script are we on now? <laughs> we are on question number five. Oh, okay. Oh, officially, good. officially okay. question number five. So again, you know, you're you're talk. These are all gamers. All these chatters. They're all gamers. Uh, you know, they game with me sometimes, with me sometimes, against me. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on? And I know Jim, you've looked into this quite extensively. What are your thoughts on? Um, you know, charity gaming streams and charity gaming and, uh -huh. and, uh, you know, things like that. I, I love it. Um, I have, uh, I have teenage kids, um, and, uh, they like to game. 
Uh, they're not in the big leagues like you. They don't have their own uh, retro Friday night uh, gaming show. Um, you know, they don't have issues with water in the game. So that's uh, that's cool. But um, part of part of what Ann and I and, and you do, too, is we find people where they are uh, and uh, and uh, connect what they're doing to to the organization that that um, that we're working for. And um, and so there are tons of people uh, who are uh, who are gaming, who are doing uh, charity streams with Minecraft and Fortnite. Um, it's. 20 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we would have been talking about mass events like walks um, or, um, um, gee, I'm trying to think of something else where we get a lot of people, where we get a thousand people together and they'd be doing something together. But the charity gaming streams are, are not that different uh, from that mass uh, event where folks can, uh, can join in and do as little or as much as they want to. And then they're seeking uh, support from others. They're sharing the people they know with the charity to say, I believe in this charity and what they're doing. Will you help me help those people who are going to be served by that charity? Um, so it's not, I, I don't think it's any different from any other THON, um, that, that's T-H-O-N, um, um, that uh, that we might have done uh, as kids, or or every I guess every uh, generation does as kids, um, and it just so happens that uh, now we can do it from the comfort of home, yeah. Uh, or sometimes we can we can rent out uh, a theater, a, a movie theater, and do it on the big screen. Mm. Uh, so there are lots of there are lots of ways to um, to get that mass involvement. So yeah. so so my so putting on shoes. My longtime friend Aaron, uh, also known as Vet Cloud Gaming, uh, I've done charity gaming streams with Extra Life, which okay. I think is connected through uh, the the Children's uh, Children's Miracle Network, I believe. Right? Okay. Somebody fact check me on that, but I think that's so it's tied with all the children. But he's done a he's done a uh, twenty four hour charity stream in which I've raised money for a children's hospital uh, that my son was at. So there you go. Uh -huh. So and, um, now, there you go. As a gamer, Jeff, have you done charity gaming streams? I have not done my own. I yeah. have participated and been involved with others. Uh, my friend Lee uh, in the UK did a 24-hour stream. Uh -huh. uh, was that last year, uh, Aaron? I think he did that, and I jumped into some of his gaming and 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 that. I've never done my own uh -huh. um, yet. Um, but I have looked into it. I have talked with many people about, you know, using uh, whether it's TikTok or or what the right platform is or the right yeah. thing for it. Uh, just want to close the loop on. Um, so I'm back to Simpleton. Once we collect the money, it goes to an organization I thoroughly support that provides quality of life changes for kids in a long term hospital stays. That includes bringing video games to their rooms. Wow. So That's awesome. And, you know, I just want to note flag. Uh, Crow Resin, I think, question leads uh, yeah. to a point I want to make that connects to this. So, mm -hmm. um, so you know, I've known Jeff for a long time, Crow. I heartily encourage you to spoil his script because, you know, it's my dream to ruin Jeff's night. Um, so I think that there's a couple. He's got a, he's got a follow up just. Uh... Yep. Again, it leads up to back to Jim's question. So I, for example, I know some big charities where most of the money goes to Jim as Jim's shirt jokes rather than to the people that can use it. So I think there's a lot of pieces to this that I think there's an it depends. And so I'll, I'll use some uh, examples. So for example, 
um, Heart and Stroke, which is the Canadian version of the American Heart Association. And I'm so sorry, David, I don't know what the British version is, but you can guess it's like, you know, heart attacks and strokes. And they were they were really criticized in the news because they had a lot of money uh, set aside in an endowment fund. And they had big criticism in the newspaper. And they went back and said, hey, look, we do medical science research and medical science research takes years. And so we when we give grants to researchers, we give them three year grants. But we hang on to the money because they have to do certain things each year. And they once they complete a certain amount in year one and they do their report, then we release the next year's grant. So I think you have to be careful when you're looking at um, uh, charity. Um, when you're looking at charities, I think you have to be careful at looking at, you know, where the money goes, right? Because in that case, the money's going to researchers. It's not going to people with heart disease, but hopefully it's coming up with, with solutions for heart disease. The other thing I will say that's very true in Canada, and I could go uh, on and on about this forever, so Jim and Jeff know to shut me up, is in Canada, we don't have, you can do things correctly in terms of accounting, but different charities do accounting in different ways. So it's all legitimate. It's all above board. But what some what what like kind of what slot things go into can be different charity by charity. There's not like a set of accounting standards that says that money. I use that example at the beginning, the $20 that came from the garage sale. There's no set standard. That's just revenue. And what your organization calls revenue may be where that which revenue line they put it in might vary from charity to charity. So I think you have to think about that. The other thing I will note, and then I promise I will stop talking, but the other thing you think that's really important is you also, I would say, want some oversight. So you actually want some people like us on the other end to make sure that people are legitimate. Because what's the other side of the coin? The other side of the coin is if you want 100% of the money to go directly to the, the people who need the money, that is the model of GoFundMe. That's the mon mon model of crowdfunding, right? But the, the challenge is, as we've learned, is are there people on crowdfunding who are legit? And are there charity streams? Like uh, my son is also a gamer. He, he streams on Twitch three times a week. There are certainly people who stream and it's like, you know, help, I, you know, can't make my rent and, you know, or this, whatever. Here's the thing. Then you're taking a leap of faith that that person is legitimate and you should do that or not, depending on how you feel comfortable. The difference I will say is generally in a charity, part of what you're paying for is a bit more quality assurance. You're paying to make sure that the books get audited and so everything's above board. Uh, you're paying for people to actually do some evaluation to make sure that the programs, the services they're providing actually work. So that's a, you know, that's a bit, um, that's, that's, that's an individual decision. Often I, 
like a middle road might be if you really want the maximum amount to go to service users is you might want to look at a more volunteer based charity as opposed to a charity that has paid staff. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's always going to be bad apples. If I use rock and 100%. roll quotes, bad yep. apples. And that's all the media is going to focus on the yep. one bad, right? There could be a hundred organizations. If one is, you know, bad, that's the one that's going to get put in the paper. And then unfortunately it makes everyone else. Yeah. Um, now Simpleton makes a good point. I actually don't know where in the world Simpleton is from. If he's from us, Canada, I probably should, but I know, and I knew, you know, so David also said it was, he thought it was the British heart foundation, but yeah. he said he's resorted to looking up their tax filings to gain an understanding of their expenses. We were going to talk about some good resources later yeah. uh, in a future question. Um, Cause he doesn't trust one liners. But so, you know what I want to say about that as an example, that's where I want to say the kind of the yes and. Um, Because I remember I was on a phone call with some arts organizations and I was kind of coaching them on their tax filings, not to do anything dishonest, but there was one charity and I looked at them and there, I was like, why is your administrative overhead like 78%? Like, why is it overhead? And they're like, well, we hire actors and we hire sound technicians and we hire light technicians. And I'm like, dude, that is not overhead. You're a theater company. Theater companies hire actors. So I think one of the challenges when you look at people's tax returns, as long as they report revenue, revenue and expenses, expense, they may not be sophisticated about which which place they put those lines in. So you have to, I would say, especially with a smaller charity, you might have to take that with a little bit of a grain of salt mm-hmm. in terms of how that how that looks or how that's presented on their, their tax forms. And yeah. you have to be careful, I think, and you guys correct me, um, when you're comparing two different organizations because one might pay rent, the other one may have a building gifted to them. Mm-hmm. So they don't have to pay rent and then they lease out half the building to a for-profit. And so then they get rental income. Uh So a really great example, um, Brad Offman, who's with Spire Philanthropy, but he wrote this really great article and he said, you know, like, what's the best charity who has the lowest overhead? And he used the example of a women's shelter. And so he's like, okay, so there's a women's shelter there in a downtown metro, major metropolitan area. There is um, there, you know, there's lots of bus services. There's lots of taxi services. It's easy to walk to things. A woman flees her abusive spouse. She, it's a, you know, it's a $15 taxi ride. Um, and the way the shelter is set up, she can arrive there with a $15 taxi ride. They can pay for the taxi done. Contrast that with a women's shelter that's in a rural community and there's no bus service or there, you know, buses once an hour or whatever. A woman's in crisis. They may, you know, a, a taxi to get there, maybe three hours and there may not be a taxi service. Like So it's like when you compare two of the same you need to be sure that all the same is all the same. And even things like, you know, dogs eat more food than cats. So if you're comparing two animal shelters, the Annex Cat Rescue is probably cheaper 
than the annex dog rescue. So, you know, you have to also be careful that you're comparing same, same. My cat eats quite a bit. Um, so, so Simpleton said he's from New England. Uh, and we had a very bad stretch a few years ago with celebrity fundraising organization pays up to 90 cents a dollar to celebrities. They were outed by the media. I don't know. I don't have any information on that, but. So I would be combative on that one. Sorry, Simpleton. Um, <laughs> I, I say that it depends. I think this gets backed into the what's fundraising versus what's philanthropy. If they're running some kind of a gala, and at least here in Canada, and this is a difference uh, maybe in tax law, in Canada, um, if you're running a gala and some super famous celebrities at the gala, I generally like, I don't know, you've got Justin Bieber at your gala and you're charging, I don't know, a thousand dollars a ticket and plus there's a meal and plus there's that, that event would not be qualified, that event would not qualify for a tax receipt because you're getting kind of value for your dollar, so to speak. So that to me is a good fundraiser. And that's different from uh, philanthropy where you're writing a check for a thousand dollars and you don't get anything back from it other than a warm thank you and a, and a, and a tax receipt. So that, that would be my question about that charity thing is, is it, was it fundraising and, you know, in that realm or was it more, um, more of the 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 one-on-one -on -one philanthropy kind of thing jim any comment i do um we we know uh in 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 our you know little rectangles here uh that um events are expensive uh we know it's some of the most expensive ways to uh to uh to raise money for our for an organization um and and yet uh, most organizations like to have that mix where there's at least one event a year and maybe there's some mailing and maybe there's, uh, you know, Jim's going door to door. Um, but um, they play a role. And, and sometimes it's not just about the money that's raised. And I'm not going to be that person and say, but, you know, a thousand people came and had a great time. Uh, because it depends on what the event is is supposed to do. Is it supposed to raise that money, uh, or is it supposed to bring people uh, together? And and how we measure those those things and how we measure success. Um, and and sometimes we have events that go off the rails. Um, that uh, that uh, we we believe uh, in in our heart of hearts that things are going to go really well. Uh, and uh, and they don't, and and people don't show up in the in the numbers we expect, and so that has an impact on on uh, on the the cost of the event, uh, and and one of the reasons why they're they're so darn expensive, and and you know return what what's the number we usually expect uh, 50, 50 cents on the dollar. Yeah, that's the the Indiana Center on Philanthropy says it's it's pretty consistently fifty cents on the dollar. Interestingly, mm -hmm. I will note, events are interesting and complicated because, um, and now I'm forgetting. I think it's Simpleton is also this amazing charity fundraiser. Mm -hmm. um, the most expensive events are things like golf tournaments and galas. Things like what you're doing, whether it's shaving your head or whether doing a walk or a bike race those are more like in the 20 cents on the dollar uh -huh. realm excellent excellent cool so we are here the business of fundraising to leading experts and and jim throw your questions in the chat there's been some great interactions some great uh jim's down here um 
So there you go. All right, Simpleton, Simpleton is back. Uh, it was philanthropy mm -hmm. fundraisers where they were hiring celebrities for commercials and such, definitely not events. So there you go. And again, there's always going to be two sides mm -hmm. to There's always three yeah. sides to every story, right? And again, we're not, you know, we were not in New England, so we don't know exactly what happened there. And we could probably defend it if we had more information. Well, uh, I mean, but not, not always. I mean, we had, um, uh, we may be the only Canadians on this uh, conversation. Um, I was publicly and consistently, and I'm Googleable, being very critical of We Charity, uh, which is a Canadian-based charity, which has a U.S. offices where they're fundraising, who did mega events and. Mm -hmm you know you were on uh, you were on the news you were on uh, i was you on were, the news you were uh, you were all over the place chatting about that uh, uh that yeah. uh, that one particular um charity yeah so they i mean it's definitely the case like charities often deserve there the problem is is that it's like it's like a venn diagram the charities who deserve being criticized and the charities who get criticized it's not a perfect circle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, there are charities that get criticized that totally don't deserve it. And there are charities who deserve getting criticized who totally don't get criticized. And that's the, the, the thing as a, as a person in the sector is that, um, like I said, the example of the organization who was committing three years of funding to scientific researchers, in my mind, that was a totally legitimate uh -huh. Uh, that was in keeping with their mission. That was in keeping with what their, their promise was to the people who were supporting them. But, um, but it, it didn't make as good a media story as why do you have so much money that you're not spending? So, okay. So a couple questions that wasn't on the script, but I mentioned it to you offline. Uh, what about taking money or would you take money or what's the ethics around and and it's a, it's a bit of an ethics nerd around questionable money and i and uh, for example back in the olden days you know tobacco money um or what about weed money you know weed in canada is now legal i know it's legal in many states in the us and so there are now legal for profit entities that want to mm -hmm. you know no different than you know, a telephone company, right? T-Mobile spon does sponsorships of events because they want to get their name out. So do, um, you know, so do these weed companies. So, so does you Weed Mobile. There you go. So does Weed, weed mobile. mobile. So I think there's a few things. Generally, we're all going to say if it's illegal, a charity should not take the money. Charity should Well, smoking is, le is legal. No, 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 no. But I'm just oh. saying like what, what, what th there's some things we're going to completely agree on. Yeah. So, you know, if cannabis is illegal in your jurisdiction, you should not be taking money from someone sure. who raises money from cannabis, like end of conversation. Sure. Um, but Colorado, it's and I and correct me, you guys, Americans, we're all I know. I know it's legal in Colorado. I don't know where else yeah. it's legal in the U.S. Yeah. So. To, to me, I think the question is, what's the mission of your organization and does that fit within your mission or is there is there, is there a fit with your mission or is there a conflict with your mission? And I'll, as an example, um, 
I used to work at an AIDS organization and we used to take money from alcohol companies. Um, you know, beer does not cause HIV. Um, we did a, an event at an amusement park here called Canada's Wonderland. And one of the things Canada's Wonderland said, and I would say this is also a, a, a rule we can generally agree on, is if 50% or more of the people who are served, so in this case, it was the, the organization, if 50% or more of the people served are uh, children or youth, then you don't accept tobacco money. You don't accept alcohol money. You don't accept gambling money because it's illegal. And it's like, you know, it's not, it's not an appropriate uh, sponsor, but that gets into what's the mission of the organization. Mm -hmm. um, I will note that I am not an indigenous person. I've been to indigenous events and tobacco is used at an indigenous I've seen tobacco used as part of an indigenous ceremony. I've seen it at powwows or at startings of conferences. So if I'm an indigenous, if I represent an indigenous organization, if tobacco is part of my culture, then in my view, it's ethical for them to accept money from a tobacco company. I would say it is not ethical if you work for the American Lung Association to take money from a tobacco company because there's a direct correlation between um, use of tobacco products and lung cancer. So I feel like that's where the line, that's where a line is. Mm -hmm. I, um, th this offline conversation you're talking about, that was for the cool kids, right? Is that the one I missed? Um, Not to my knowledge. Okay, all right, right. Um, I've worked at an organization. Uh, well, now that I think about it, I worked at two organizations where there were um, where there were prohibitions around certain certain donors. One made complete sense to me; uh, the other, not quite so much. So, working for a respiratory health organization, uh, we would not take uh, money from uh, from companies that uh, were involved in uh, in uh, in smoking, uh, vaping. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. So, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. um, another organization, mm -hmm. they had a prohibition about, uh, about alcohol, uh, accepting money from alcohol companies. And it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but these were the rules that, uh, that we had. I think there's another part of it too. And that's when uh, uh, companies or, or industries become very aligned with uh, certain types of charities. Uh, and, um, and people start to wonder, is the relationship too close, mm -hmm. uh, working for an organization, uh, around, uh, around hearing health, uh, if, um, if they were receiving money from only one, um, we'll say hearing aid, uh, manufacturer, uh, and we're, uh, we're often promoting their, their products, um, or, uh, or interviewing spokespeople from that company. Would people then start to believe that there was uh, a, a relationship that should be disclosed? Was there a conflict of interest? Mm -hmm. uh, should uh, should money be sought from all hearing aid uh, manufacturing companies? Um, so it, I, I believe there's uh, as uh, to follow up Anne's comments. Yeah, there are uh, there are reasons to have prohibitions and there are reasons to accept money uh, or not accept it based on the people we serve. But then there is also the uh, the issue of uh, are we too close to some companies? 
uh, or too close to a single company in a sector. Yeah. You know, there's actually a lot of conversation in the health sector mm -hmm. around uh, everything is bad. Everything is bad for you now. No, no. I was going to say uh, around donations from pharmaceutical companies. Mm -hmm. no. There's a lot of conversation and exactly the point Jim's raising. Is it undue influence on the mm -hmm. mission of the charity? Mm -hmm. um, is it a business advantage? Like it's like it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. Uh, okay. in that sector. And usually when people talk about this question, they talk about alcohol, they talk about uh, mm -hmm. uh, cigarettes, they talk about gambling. But they, but as I say, I think honestly, for mm -hmm. most of us, it's, are there things within our world mm -hmm. where it's, it's a conflict for other reasons? So going off the board, I'm uh, just going to mention Simpleton's comment here. He's starting a starting a new charity called Adopt a Highway Cannabis Fundraiser for Cleaning Streets. He says he's kidding, but that would be kind of cool. Uh, we do have Adopt the Highways here in Ontario. Mm -hmm. I don't know where else where else they have it. Um, so hypothetical, Simpleton is raising millions of dollars for the Kids Cancer Organization, and they even put his name on a building. So there's the Simpleton Kids Cancer uh, Wing or, you know, yeah. whatever, right? Um, the hospital where uh, out here, um, there was the Colonel Sanders Family yep. Wing yep. Uh, as part of the uh, hospital, uh, which I always thought was kind of funny. Um, you know, I actually know that story. But anyway, drive on. There you go. Well, you can tell that story after. Um, so anyway, Simpleton has raised and donated millions uh, for the kids cancer. Um, um, got his name wings, highly celebrated, you know, big friends with Robert Kraft. Tom Brady loves him, etc. Then. He gets arrested and is charged with something fraud, something white collar. He didn't go out and stab somebody, but you know it's a it's a white collar crime, embezzlement or something all over the papers. He's going to jail, but his name is on that building. What do you do? Well, I would say first of all that I don't think you're talking about Simpleton. I think you're talking about <laughs> Simpleton's evil twin, Rimpleton. <laughs> because we've already determined Evil not only is Simpleton raising money for charity and shaving his head, he's also now coming up. I feel like there actually is an idea in the highway thing. I haven't quite mm -hmm. figured it out yet, but I think there is Same totally, here. Same here. There's totally something there. But let's say Rimpleton, and we actually had that um, experience here uh, with the... Um, a donation and uh, Conrad. Uh, see, it's Rimpleton. Rimpleton. Your yeah. evil. Your evil. Your evil. I don't know. Doppelganger. Doppelganger. Cousin doppelganger. Or yes. Um, Evilton. 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 Uh, nice. Where um, nice. Conrad Black, formerly known as Lord Black of Crossbow, uh, was tried and convicted of uh, some kind of fraudulent white collar crime activity and ended up. Might have, in, I think it was maybe a stock market or something. I or... don't know. Anyway, so, but he ended up in jail and uh, one of his, it was very public. And I will tell you, it's really hard to Google because I think they did an awesome job of scrubbing Google, but Queens university announced that they were going to return the donation 
And uh, they had a wing that was the Daniel Radler ring, who was Conrad Black's business associate. And they were going to take his name off of the wing and they were going to return his donation, um, which is completely not legal because once you've issued a charitable tax receipt, you can't give the money back. You can transfer the money to another charity, which is another point. But anyway, they, that, that's exactly, they ripped the name off. And I will notice that the local children's hospital here used to have the Conrad Black Wing, and they've now renamed it the Black Family Wing. So if Jim and I are doing our jobs correctly, when we met with Rimpleton in the first place and talked to Rimpleton about naming the building after them, we put in something in the gift agreement we signed with Rimpleton that said if Rimpleton does anything that reasonably could cause the good name of the charity to be held in disrepute, that we reserve the right as a charity to stop using Rimpleton's name. But Mm -hmm. gosh, I mean, there's a long history of this stuff. There was a thing like, I'm so old that I'm even older than you and Jim. I remember when Jimmy Buffett was the patron saint of Save the Manatee. And then I think he got pulled over for drunk driving and a bunch of other things. And that was a big, like anytime you associate anybody's name with your charity, there's some risk. So that's why you need to have a donor agreement that allows you to, to rip mm-hmm. that name off. Mm-hmm. There's, there's also a long tradition of naming things after folks who give lots of money. Um, I, I hear there are big, uh, uh, what do they call them? Pyramids, um, that are, uh, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in a country, I, I think it's Egypt, um, mm. that are, 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 you know, big, uh, big things that say, Hey, this, this one gave a lot of money to have this built and it took three centuries. Um, but even, even something like, uh, like uh, Carnegie Hall or the Carne- Carnegie libraries throughout North America um, um, are, are built on people trying to um, rehabilitate uh, what they might, this is the politest way I can put this, rehabilitate. Uh, we're on YouTube. There's no rules. So you can say anything you want here. We're, we're right, on YouTube. So yes. But, we're not going to get we're not we're not going to get taken down so, right I unless i play unless I, unless I play unless i play hotel california we're not going to get taken down <laughs> i'm i'm concerned about this rimpleton because i feel like <laughs> rimpleton would come back and and get me so i want to be cautious um but um yeah rimpleton we're getting t-shirts rimpleton <laughs> are us um the the there's a, there's a long tradition of of trying to um, burnish. Uh, uh, well, all right, if I could say anything I want, polish a turd, uh, and um, uh, and sometimes uh, no one notices, uh, and sometimes people do notice. Uh, and in the case of something like uh, something being named after Jeffrey Epstein, um, that was egregious because someone could have done the Google search. So. Anne is an expert in fundraising. She's also, uh, I believe, the uh, the queen of Google searches. And uh, and someone could have easily found out uh, about some of the stuff before accepting his money. Um, and that's but but, uh, but 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 just to play, I don't know if Google was as big when that was all happening. 
Oh, so, it, oh, it for frickin' oh. sure was. Maybe yeah. Ulta, I, maybe Ulta Vista, or maybe no, 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 maybe no, 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 maybe no, no, you had no. to go and ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves yeah. Maybe yeah. you had to ask Jeeves. <laughs> yeah, go fast. Jeeves yeah. didn't know. You know, no, I I, I no. don't know the whole timeline no, 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 of no, no, that no. Epstein thing. I actually thing, googled so. this when this okay. came up recently. Okay. Um, he made those donations to MIT in um. Oh, it's Jeff. Like the, you're getting off lightly, Simpleton. Um, like really lightly. Um, he made those donations to MIT in 2014, and his conviction for child whatever it was was either 2006 or 2008. Oh, okay. And I know I'm old, but I feel confident that we had Google in 2014. I feel really sure of that. And I completely agree. And I will even go so far to say, as a faithful DuckDuckGo user, I think even DuckDuckGo would have been able to find, because it, that is actually something I do with donors. I actually will type into, uh, I will actually type into Google, Rimpleton, and then I'll type the word controversy, and I'll see what the search shows me. And then I'll type in Rimpleton, and I'll type the word scandal and I'll see what the um the Google Feb search shows. Duck, duck, go February 29th, 2008. Ooh. Thank you. And that I, was I, on I, I had to Google that. I just just I I Googled that and I have phone. to just say, and that's duck duck go. And the three of us have had a previous conversation about how you only use duck duck go when you pretty much know what the answer is anyway. Mm -hmm. um, but so, he, so our your boy Rimpleton uh, or something said a year, years ago, and of course he's a New England guy, so he's all up on the, the Red Sox. And and our good friend Ephraim is a big Red Sox guy, so he probably wouldn't exist, uh, wouldn't admit this even happened. But uh, Big Pappy was caught in a strip club, and he was dropped by some charitable orgs he was part of, and that was just I don't know, you know, it being in a strip club. Uh -huh. So you know, I think the question I would have is, uh, and I don't. I I don't know a lot about, um, as we jokingly call it, sports ball, although my late father of blessed memory was a huge Red Sox fan also. Oh. Yeah. Your father from Ohio? No, my father was born and raised in Boston. I was oh. born in Cambridge, Massachusetts, my friend. Oh. Um, so without knowing anything about Big Pappy, I... I would be interested to know, you know, which were the charities, you know, if he was a charity spokesperson for a children's charity. Yeah. I probably am going to drop him if he's a uh, unlikely, but if he's a, a spokesperson for a women's charity, yeah, I'm probably going to drop him. But you know, if, if it was a, like, if it was a, an animal shelter, you know, I might lie low for a while, but you know, like it's it, part of it's it's what's the mission of your charity and and what's like, like, did they do something that's against the mission of your charity? Right. Like if a strip, I don't know enough about uh, and I vaguely know that New England often has. You know, because New England is so old, sometimes they have like laws that are really old that are not, you know, like, you know, you know, because there's this law that goes back to, you know, 1697 or something. Um, but if strip clubs are legal 
in Boston. I mean, not that I don't hate strip clubs personally, because I do, but if strip clubs are legal in Boston and he's a legal adult and he goes into a strip club and I'm running a, uh, if I'm running a cat rescue, like, why do I care what a consenting adult does? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Simpleton is saying Puritan laws. So, you know, we get back to sort of that religious sort of, I guess, aspect of it. And Christian, and Christian, Christian, religious, yeah. Christian, religious. And it yeah. didn't hurt David Ortiz because this year he was unanimously elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame. So it didn't really hurt him that way. It's not like uh, not like Pete Rose that bet, bet on gambling and, you know. Wait a minute. I hear he I hear he says he didn't do that. Yeah, that's what he says. Okay. Yeah. Pete, Pete Rose, Rose, he played for an Ohio team. He played for the Cincinnati uh, Reds, Pete which, Red, believe yeah. me, I had to hear about my entire childhood. <laughs> my brother was a huge Cincinnati Reds fan. I'm still <laughs> scarred, as you can tell. There you go. Awesome. He, he was not in the Hall of Fame because he bet on baseball. But he says he didn't. That should be enough. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's uh, it's true. Uh, gambling is gambling. Is that is that charity gaming? That's charity gaming, right? I guess so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Well, there we go. The, the baseball Hall of Fame is uh, is a nonprofit, right? So that's charity gaming. Do you know who's a nonprofit? The NFL. The NFL. Mm-hmm. They're a five hundred one uh, e or whatever. Because yeah. C three is is non is charitable right. uh, yeah. fundraising yeah. type. They're a, I don't know. A, yeah, they're another letter. It would be great to get a charitable tax receipt from the NFL. <laughs> I would love that. I would frame that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't declare it on my taxes. Of course, I live in Canada, where the filing of uh, tax receipts uh, and, and uh, tax credits are uh, are a little different. Yes, Simpleton is agreeing with me. He was it was elected to the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and good friends of A Rod, uh, a Yankee, might I add, mm-hmm. uh, and they also do baseball commentating together. Uh, anyways, we're we're digressing. Um, what were we gonna? What were we talking about? Um, yes, uh, the whole point was to digress. <laughs> we've gone a lot longer than I uh, thought, but this was good. Okay, so what what are some good? We're gonna we're gonna stream. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up shortly. Uh, if anyone else in the chat has any good questions, Simpleton, great questions. Crow with a good question. Aaron mm-hmm. jumping in with a good valid point. Uh, David Wilson is just being, you know, David Wilson. Well, he's, he's um, being charming and he's enabling us on, on the Rimpleton story. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. We're going to read about this in the paper tomorrow. Rimpleton at large. That's right. <laughs> there you go. Um, what are some, uh, what are some good resources for, for Simpleton, uh, to make sure that, you know, the, ch- the money he's going to donate is going to, uh, you know, uh, one of the good ones. Uh, realizing that you know you, you know you can stick to the big names you know you've always got your you know our our uh, you know friend Rich Eisen uh does a lot for St. Jude's uh-huh. um you know you've got all your big ones you know your you know American Red Crosses your you know your big huge ones but I I'm surprised to hear you mention the American Red Cross when you're talking about places to look uh or places for oversight on uh uh on on, on charities on, um, on overhead yeah. okay I don't know what uh, you mean but, by that, uh, but sure. But, but there we are. You know, that's an unscripted moment, right? I just want that to is, that, that is that is okay, that is. All right. We all were right. told to be unscripted. Okay. I was. All right. Uh, so next time, no script. Is that what you're saying? We're just going to make this <laughs> stuff up as we go. Maybe. Um, 
there in in the states there are a couple of big uh, uh you know third party uh do i call them watchdogs i'm a little i'm a little leery of saying that but but monitors we'll call them monitors uh guide star and charity navigator uh and as we mentioned earlier uh in uh, in the stream um they very early on uh latched onto overhead but they've moved to talk about impact uh, more and more and find uh, better metrics uh, to suggest uh, charities. Uh, the American uh, Better Business Bureau um, also uh, monitors uh, charities. Um, I, I'm i a fan of checking, and, and I, I do this a lot. I'm a fan of checking uh, charity tax returns, uh, 990s in the States, the T3010s in Canada, and then also finding out what the charity says it did in, in their annual reports. And often, the charities themselves are the best source of information about what they're doing um, because they're they're living the mission. Uh, mm -hmm. They're reacting and responding to uh, to some uh, pressing community need um, and and they're telling people what uh, what they what they've done with the money. They are also um, uh, if they're issuing a, 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 a receipt in Canada, um, they're going to be audited. Uh, so their audit uh, is uh, is often is generally sorry often generally no their uh, their audit is often available sometimes it's not on the website and this would be one of the reasons to uh, to dig a little deeper if it's not available on the website but you can call them email them uh, I guess some still have faxes uh, and uh, and ask for uh, for a copy of their latest uh, financial statements. Oh, and they'll and, and they'll give you that. You you could just call them up and say, "Anne, I want to." Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, Excellent. and and um, and you know, I would email one off in about thirty seconds. Um, Anne is better at this, so she's going to get down to 24, 25 seconds tops. Um, but um, the uh, in in an earlier comment Anne made about uh, about tax returns and about uh, how some charities don't uh, account for money in the same way, although everything is legal and everything is, is um, uh, everything is, is a-okay. Uh, sometimes uh, T3010s and annual reports seem to control. I'll be right back. The cat is complaining. So just keep talking, Jim. I think it was about <laughs> David Ortiz uh, repping that, uh, that cat shelter. Cat, cat is clearly a Yankees fan. Right, I guess. Clearly I guess. a Yankees fan and upset when we tension the, the Red Sox and I David or, and being or, happy. Or, or a hockey fan. I mean, it could be that simple. Um, so there's um, uh, there are a lot of places to look that are close at hand. Um, and, uh, and of course, any Google search is going to, uh, to reveal those that are, are truly horrible. Uh, in Canada, we're blessed to have uh, Mark Bloomberg, uh, who writes quite extensively on, uh, uh, on Canadian charities. Um, uh, and, uh, and he will often, uh, or not often, he monthly um, uh, provides a, a newsletter that includes a link, uh, link to uh, deregistered charities. Mm -hmm. um i you know that's like uh that's like uh the national enquirer for me it's like oh i gotta flip through that <laughs> um and in the uk there's the charity commission now the charity commission there is a lot of criticism a lot of controversy about the work they do but they help to set some uh some standards that make it easy for folks to find out what uh what charities are up to and right. i say that specifically because uh david has been uh has been um uh, you know, keeping the rumple uh, stilt skin. Oh wait, that's not it. Uh, Rimpleton. Rimpleton. 
Stick with and, the program. And, and, Dave, and David Wilson uh, is relatively new to our gaming community. Um, he's just turned 22 and is often gaming with us in, you know, in the Eastern through Pacific time zones. Oh so I'm gosh. not, I'm not really sure when he sleeps. Yeah, um, no, because it's like three in the morning right now. Now, now full, full disclosure, um, my show last Monday, he got a little too excited and woke up his partner um, and she was not real happy about that. Um, so <laughs> he he was a little more absent the rest of the week while she was around. She's now back at school. And so now he's back yelling and there screaming, yelling at screaming at certain doctors. Um, but, um, Dave, to David's point, this is why I started this show is to talk about the business side of things, because we've all seen charity streams and we've all done, but nobody knows this side of it. And I'm going to be covering off other topics that just, it, well, mostly they interest me, but you know, it's just understanding, you know, I'm going to have a guy. So next week's show, just a subtle, uh, subtle plug for next week. I'm going to have a guy talking about sports and players and the tax that they pay or don't pay necessarily and what a jock tax is and how that kind of works i found an expert in the u.s who's an expert on that i'm negotiating with someone to to talk about you know contracts i'm going to talk in the future episodes about cryptocurrency and why i'm going to buy an nft when i could just print the jpeg out why do i want a, a an nft of ann shirt or jim shirt when i could just print a, a pdf out and stick it on my wall or a JPEG, so I, I have to understand that, um, etc. Et and then uh, David Wilson said he, she was not uh, real happy. And Rimpleton uh, says he's 22 and only needs no, four no, no, hours no, no. to. Yeah. No, no, yeah. it's clearly for the record because we don't want Simpleton to have any bad juju, stuff. juju, yeah. any bad stuff. I think we're going to go with stuff. Okay, all right. Rimpleton is Simpleton's evil cousin. Right. Right, right, right. So, um, but he, but he's commenting that he, uh, David is only twenty-two and only needs four hours of sleep, as we probably all did way back, if we can remember when we were twenty-two. I, I cannot. Think, I think so Simpleton is being uh, a little conservative. I think at twenty-two, I'm pretty sure I only needed fifteen minutes sleep. <laughs> um, didn't and, we all go uh, out? Didn't we all go out at night on Thursday nights to whatever, and then just roll into work at eight o'clock right, the next morning? Right, exactly. Yeah, our, you only had clothes. to make it one more day of work, so like you know, you could you you really only had to just somehow survive Friday, and you were fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, and apparently, I, Rimpleton I, is shady. We knew that. I, yeah. I have a question for Simpleton. Can okay. We, yeah. 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 Uh, Simpleton, that's a fetching hat in your uh, in your avatar. What kind of hat is it? And and maybe maybe there are other hat experts around, but is that is not just a fedora? It, it's a it's a chapeau. I think is it's what you're trying to say. Oh oh, you're showing off your French lessons now. Well, you know, <laughs> wouldn't that be la hat? Uh, we uh, one of the kids. Uh, he says it's a fedora. Okay, one of the kids has taken to is uh, has recently fallen in love with wearing hats, and so this looks like it could be a summer hat option for you or no. him. No, for him. For, okay. Uh, for yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um. Um. There is probably there, there is some there is too much thinning happening up top, which is why I'm actually growing it longer down here, so I can fold it forward. Um, for those that have commented that my hair looks a little longer, it's because I do want to. Um, so I have to, a, a hat is a, a baseball hat is a must for me in the summers. 
on, on these uh, summer days. Otherwise, I'm I'm looking around for sunscreen. I don't have any here with me, Jeff. I I pass it to you. Oh, I have some in the car. Uh, yeah, in okay. my I, I have some in my uh, in my car all the time. Uh, I David says spray uh, sunscreen. Oh, I thought you were going to say the hair. No, no. Well, you could maybe you could get food dye and make black sunscreen oh, man. spray. Remember the remember the hairspray yeah. that hair stuff from there, the eighties. David were, Wilson would not understand. He would have to Google those old hairspray commercials. I saw there. I had a donor in my current role. There is one guy who was doing the the hairspray the 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 dark hair. Like I think he dyed his hair, and then he also did the like the. Whatever, whatever that is, the comb, like, the comb over was it the comb? Spray, over? No, no, spray paint, like spray paint. Oh yeah, to make yeah. his scalp black so that. Yeah, no. Did it leak like Rudy Giuliani did? Like, no, like, thankfully or not. Is not that, or is that just was that just product in his hair that caused him to leak? Oh really? Like, please don't leave me with that image. David, thank you for uh, thank you for popping in and, and contributing, yes. and and Simpleton, thank you for the great questions. Aaron as well uh, for popping in and any uh, any final comments Jim or Ann or chat uh, anybody else in the chat uh, I think Crow I think my boy Crow is left but that's okay he he threw a couple of points in there as well so uh, he says to be specific it's a straw hat fedora very okay. much a summer hat perfect perfect I guess it gets hot in New England. Even though there's a lot of water, I think it still gets fairly warm there. I don't know. Yeah. Well, we would know living next to a big lake that uh, no, it gets a, hot it's a, here. It's, it's not just big. It's great. Yeah. Well, uh, I'd say some days it's just pretty good, if you don't mind. <laughs> it's pretty great to me. Uh, well, More than okay. adequate. Lake Baikal is deeper than any of them. So I'm saying that's how you really measure great in a lake. Okay. Yeah. Can you, right. can you touch the Earth's core when you get to the bottom of the lake? That's a great lake. I, I guess I, I I have been I have been down deep in the lake, but not to the core. Only only thirty meters, as my scuba instructor allowed at the uh, time. Okay, so last before we end, this is what this went an hour over than I thought it was, but it was good times. Um, and as as uh, David said, uh, making making some great points and having some fun. Uh, it helps. It, it, next week should be fun because I don't know the fellow at all. I've only had one phone conversation with him, so it might be a little different than this one where these guys I've known for like 25 and 30 years uh, and then some. Um, Simpleton says, we've got four solid seasons, very cold winter, very hot summer, and everything in between. Wouldn't that be three? No, because they have they have a great New England. Like if you're, you're clear. Well, very cold winter, very hot, and everything oh, else. That's oh, three. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Crow's still here. You've got New England. Come on, there's the Barry Manilow song. Time in New England took me away. Were you not paying attention in the Barry Manilow years, Jeff? I I, I was not. I tried to I tried to I tried to block those years. And Crow makes a good point putting the fun in fundraising. Jim does that every day. I well, uh, sometimes sometimes I put the FU in fundraising. Um, but uh of all the things we could have talked about tonight, I did not see Barry Manilow uh, making an appearance. That was not. That was not in the notes. No, that, that was not that, on your bingo card. That no. was not. Is this where I disclose that I had uh, two Barry Manilow eight tracks for my portable eight track player as a teenager that weighed ninety three pounds? Nice. 
Should I have kept that to myself? Should that have been no. my inside that, voice? That, I no. might have I might have left that on my inside no? voice. Okay. No, 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 no. Big fan of eight tracks. Big all right, all right. Tracks. I also had Queen and Nazareth. So does that balance it out? Yes, that was good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna because Jeff's trying to get us to stop and we're not stopping. No, so I, the thing I would you guys can keep going all night. It, you know, YouTube will shut us off after 12 hours. So okay, well, there you go. <laughs> we um, we we've discovered during other charity streams that YouTube does have a live limit of 12 hours. So if you're gonna do a 24 hour stream, you actually have to either break it up, stop after eight or ten, and then do a second one or 12 or a third one. I or think whatever. if they have a if if you do a 24 hour stream, you're gonna want to stop after 12. Uh, but as opposed to breaking at eight or 10, unless you want to break three times. But I, th I think a lot of people who do 24 hour then go uh, next. My next one will be 12. I don't know how many people continually do 24 hour yeah. streams, but. Uh, so the thing I would leave on is one of the great ways to think about participating in charity as a donor is to think about it the way you might think about your money otherwise. And so if you're thinking about your money, you might say, okay, I'm going to give away, I don't know, $100. And I want to make a big difference, which to be honest with you, if you want to make a big difference, you probably, I'm biased, you're going to want to give to a smaller charity. So it's going to be a little bit more risky. So just like in business, risk equals return, but risk also equals failure. So you might say to yourself, you know what, I want to see a big difference, but I, and I'm prepared to lose that money. Like I'll still get my tax receipt, but it maybe won't have the impact or I won't, you know, won't do what it needs to do. But if it succeeds, it'll be great. So maybe I'll put, I don't know, you know, 20 or 30 of my hundred dollars or my hundred quid um, towards, you know, smaller charities that are less well-established, maybe aren't as clear. And then maybe the other 70%, just picking at random, like you'll pick your um, amounts. Maybe that's where you go with more the charity version of the blue chip charities. And that's going to be, you know, British Heart. That's going to be, you know, for us, Heart and Stroke or American Heart Association or, you know, the bigger hospitals or the bigger universities. Like those are sort of the charity version of, of blue chip. But you know, just as you maybe don't put all your eggs in one basket in terms of your retirement savings or whatever, similarly in the charity sector, just give yourself a portfolio. And also, I think it is totally fair not just to look at impact, but look at how they treat you. And, you know, if you have made a donation or you've done a walkathon for them or shaved your head for them or made a donation to a friend's charity, and the only time you heard from them was your tax receipt. And then they've sent you 35 emails in the month of December, like block them. And then you'll say, okay, well, I gave 20 bucks. You know, I'm going to still give a hundred dollars next year, but the 20 bucks I gave to them, I'm going to give to, you know, a different chair. I'll give to a different cancer charity say. So that's my, my suggestion. Excellent. And um, my thought has nothing to do with any of that serious stuff. Um, I, I think an awful lot of us um, are fundraisers and don't think about it and don't don't acknowledge it. Um, we don't realize, uh, you know. Earlier, you were talking about the uh, the uh, the chocolate almonds, um, mm. and um, 
Um, and we're talking about uh, the UNICEF boxes and things like that. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how other people fundraise. And I want to tell a little story. Um, okay. And uh, and uh, if you don't cut me off, Jeff, I'll finish it, I promise. Um, when my father passed away, um, the, uh, the Legion branch in his hometown, tiny little town um, uh, north of Toronto, um, made a big deal about uh, about his passing uh he uh they had invited um uh the mp uh the mpp the mayor of the town uh the um uh the uh dominion command uh president it was a very big deal for them and i i had no idea why um now your dad had fought your dad had fought overseas yeah yeah. so yeah he was he He wasn't just some random guy no, no, he. Had, I didn't know the connection though. But yeah, he he had fought in in World War II. Uh, my grandfather, his father, uh, was in World War One, mm-hmm. um, and farmers. Uh, and in this little farming community, is is the largest building in this farming community is the Legion, uh, and um, so the huge celebration. Uh, the place was packed. Uh, there was a piper, all sorts of stuff, a potluck. Uh, three different kinds of meatballs it was amazing um and then the uh and then the uh the uh the president of the uh that um legion branch um pointed me toward a sign uh and it was uh how much the charter uh uh or the founders of that that branch had raised and um in 1948, uh, it cost $10,000 to get uh, a, a Legion branch uh, up and running. And my father, who had, you know, demobilized in 45, he was a truck driver after the war, he raised $7,500 of it. Um, I had no idea until uh, and, until we were at the Legion and it's a memorial service. And so there are people all around us who are constantly fundraising and constantly building the society that they want. And my father's dream in getting that Legion branch up and going was so that his father, my grandfather, had a place where he could go get a beer uh, on Saturday afternoons. Um, and some of the other, uh, some of the other veterans uh, could, could go as well. Uh, so all around us, people are trying to make the world better. And Anne and Jeff and, 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 and me, we're blessed by the opportunity to do this uh, every day um, to help people build the community, build the world they want to see. Uh, and it's an absolutely magical thing uh, to be a part of. And one of your goals is to jump out of an, air, uh, an airplane like your father did. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am hoping there are significantly fewer Germans shooting uh, when I jump <laughs> out of the plane. Um, but, uh, you know, so I think fewer, but not zero. Well, I, I would, I would hope zero, but, uh, you know, I, but I if we found, but if we found Fritz, ball. we could have him down on the bottom firing paintballs at you or something. If sure, that, you sure. know, if, 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 uh, you know, that sounds, I I that sounds like you said, fun. cause you said fewer, but you didn't say none. <laughs> right. Right. Again, no crystal ball. You know, I'm wrong on a lot of uh, trends in the future. So I just, I, I want to manage the risk a little. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. 
So there may be a future video of the three of us at one point jumping out of a plane, probably yeah, not together, but paintball at us. <laughs> or or laser tag. That's there's that. I I feel like Rimpleton would be the guy firing the right whatever at right. you, Jim. Right. I uh, I think we've just come up with a great fundraiser. Uh, Simpleton was right there with you. Yes. Simpleton. Yes. Simpleton the, the, is the, the, good, the good member of the family. Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah. The good all, cousin. The good cousin of all the tons. He is the, or the Puttletons. Of the tons, stick with the simple. Yeah. That's Avoid it. the rimple. Exactly. Exactly. So, yes. So, there could How be a video. the rimple tomorrow when we go into work? <laughs> I. Someone's going to ask. Uh, oh my gosh! Paint, oh, between paintfall and highway, like yes, like you have no idea. Like truly, you guys have no idea that there is every possibility a year from now, one or both of us will have come up with something using that, and we we uh, we will uh, we will be sure to credit you. Um, and invite you for the very small fee of X to be able to participate. <laughs> and we'll stream it. We can maybe stream it live on YouTube or Twitch or uh, or Facebook. Maybe a five-second some... delay if we're doing uh, parachuting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like they do with David Blaine and uh, the, um, the, uh, the, 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 the wise walking across the tightrope whose name yep. is escaping me. Yep. Um, yep. The uh, whatever those guys are called, um, the Walendas. That's Walendas? it. Yes, 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 yes. They always had a they always had a delay, um, and they made him wear a safety wire too, even though he was against it. But for TV, they they did well, not want him falling. To, although that would make good TV. It would um, make great TV. But imagine the sponsors if if something does happen. Whoa. Well, see, that's what that's what that's the difference between YouTube and network TV. See, YouTube they wouldn't care and they could do right. anything, but network yeah. television they've got to or Twitch, Twitch. You can Twitch. literally do anything on Twitch. You literally can. Yes, there yes, we go. You can. Charity yes, stream you can. a year from now, jumping out of planes, laser tag on Twitch. Red Bull. You're not. You're Red not Bull allowed to sponsor us. You're not allowed to shoot lasers at. Objects hmm. in the air, according to the oh. according to Transport Canada. All right. So, so but I guess if, if we're just coming it. down and the and the helicopter has left the vicinity, uh, and it's not over another flight well, path, then and, and you know, Rimpleton is notoriously untrustworthy. Right. Right. All that uh, all that white collar crime that made us pull his <laughs> uh, made us pull his name off the building. He's not going to be concerned about you know. Rules, air and safety, or... air safety, and yeah. the, the 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 transport Canada since he's right. from uh, right. since he's from uh, the states. Yeah, what national transport? Um, something something, transportation something, it, whatever. NTSB. That's it. National Transportation Safety Board. Yeah, I didn't and, have to Google uh, that. That's up here for some reason. And the <laughs> FAA and and the FAA. Yeah, yeah it's up. It's up there with all the Russian Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you communist. The uh the, the Russian stuff has been coming out in full force with Jim over the last uh, few months because you know he's uh he's he's a go-to expert now in Russian. I, I would not say full force. I, I, I do want to get some sleep during the day. Oh night. If your son's in <laughs> if your son's into hats, yes. 
maybe one of the I don't know what are those what are those Russian hats called that they wear? Is that only uh, a winter the, thing? The shopka, the uh, the sheepskin shopka. Yes. Oh, there you go. So water balloons. Um, wow. I, I don't think of Russians as being like the kings and queens of summer hat wear. Mm -mm. That's because it's no. never summer in Russia. Is it ever warm in Siberia? I don't. I, I'm. St I, 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 folks. I apologize. I'm stereotyping Russians. No, 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 no. I no, am fully stereotyping st Russians, just like other people Russians stereotype us, saying we all live in igloos. Right, right. And we drive our igloos to work. Um, think of, uh, think of the territories. Think of Northern Ontario. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's a good chunk of what, uh, go too far south and it's, uh, miserably hot. Hmm. Well, there you go. I, I, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but, uh, water balloons as you're yeah. landing, people could throw, your kids could throw water balloons at you as you're landing. That doesn't sound nearly as much fun as dropping them from the plane though. Yeah. Although I th imagine that could be fatal. Yeah. See, and that's Rimpleton. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, see, I didn't know Wimpleton was in the helicopter with us. I got well, thought he'd be is. on the, but now well, he's in there dropping yeah. the water balloons. Yes, Wimpleton exactly. was going to be on the ground shooting lasers, and then Jeff, with his, you know, <laughs> transport Canada, says it's illegal thing. So now, you know, we had to. That's we had that's, to, we that's, that's, to, that's that's all my drone training. All the drone training I had to be able to fly my drone. Yeah, but I, now uh, we have to have Rimpleton have. in the helicopter with us, and no one ever wants to be in the same place with Rimpleton. But thanks to you, Jeff, now we're stuck with Rimpleton. I'm well, also now we're stuck with Rimpleton because if we want to think about flight, I believe there's another cousin we should turn to, uh -oh. Blimpleton. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know where Simpleton is today, but last night during my stream, he was at a uh, kid's concert listening to us, um, you know, talking and joking and whatever and trying not to laugh during his kid's you know, school performance that he was at. I don't know where he is Listen, tonight, but kids, kids' school performance is just an endurance competition, and you're there to listen to one kid do maybe, one, maybe, maybe, maybe two. two, maybe two songs. But you're, you know, you're two songs max per kid, and then you have to endure everybody else's kid who sings flat, doesn't know the words, can't actually play their instrument. Um, yeah. So yeah. fair. And, and, and when we- they're not licensed. And we never had YouTube and other things we could stick in our ears to, to listen to, maybe a little old transistor radio so we could catch a ball game in my case and opera in your cases. I don't know what you guys would listen to back in the seventies, but um, little transistor radios or something, but- not that I, they were very little. Couldn't couldn't it be two transistor radios, baseball game in one ear, Saturday afternoon at the opera in the other? I mean, possibly. Yeah. But who could afford two transistor radios back in the day, Jim? I was not that rich. Uh, okay, uh, Again, back back in the seventies, we weren't a, we we couldn't you know we couldn't afford Bruce, two transistor Bruce radios. Fell off the backs of trucks in the old days. <laughs> I think David is giving us a hint of what we. I think so. I think so. Love this business idea, Jeff. Would love to see you back again discussing more Rimpleton addicts and maybe some more fundraising. <laughs> Definitely. Good night, everyone. 
Good night, David. Frimpleton says, yes, I was yes. there for her 37 seconds of violin. And once I waved, I was good to tune. <laughs> that sounds like a Rimpleton move right there, doesn't it, Anne? I, I think that is a I think that is a completely legit, completely yes. reasonable yeah. parenting move. And frankly, depending on what age of the violinist, you don't want to listen to more than 37 seconds. First of all, you've been listening to that for weeks at home. And then to listen to that violin with all the other not quite properly tuned violins, like that's a, that's like a hate crime right there. Uh And what you guys don't know, what makes it even funnier is our good friend, Anthony, who also streams um, and is 45 or 46 years old is now taking violin lessons. His wife for Christmas or his birthday got him a violin. He's now taking violin lessons at the ripe young age of 40 something. So the business of music. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to get Justin for that uh, or Brian Adams or. Oh, other. that Justin. Okay. Or maybe I get. Uh, Canada I get... is a little overloaded on Justin. Yes. Oh, yeah. Running Justin's. Maybe I could get uh, David Foster. Yes, sure. He, you know, he's uh, another friend of the channel uh, is a guy named Bruce Campbell. He also wrote the theme song for Retro Friday Night and my regular gaming show. I often call him Bruce Allen Campbell. Uh, <laughs> and he's the only one that gets that joke because that he's another famous uh, producer and uh, guy up here. And Bruce also is from Canada as well. So okay. I, I often call him that. But I am going to call it here and... Jim, thank you. We went, I, I promised you we'd be like 20, you know, 30 or 40 minutes. And here we are uh, uh, almost two hours yeah, in. But we, we, we know we've known you for a long time. So we knew you were a liar. Okay. I prefer the term embellisher. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I do want to talk to the scriptwriter next time before we, uh, before we go on. Um, I, and, I'm no longer sure what page we're on. And, uh, as we do in in fundraising conferences, I oh, I have sweet. a I have I have a gift only for Anne. Is it a stick uh, pen? It is not a stick pen. I did not know you had a fetish for stick pens. It's going to be. Is it going to be a a Jeff Gignac shirt? It is not. Better. <gasps> Perfect. I I still have this. <laughs> oh my gosh! And it's still in the bag. I still have. It is. It is in the official. What is this? It is in the official. Uh, Hamilton Day 2021. Uh, look at that. I got official Hamilton, Ontario swag for Anne. Uh, so, um, and fun fact, I live in Hamilton and so does Jim. Jim and I live about 20 minutes apart uh, currently. Um, and uh, Anne has to come and visit. She's a whole 90, 90 minutes away by public well. transportation. Yeah, it's because public transportation isn't what it should be. But I do have a present sitting right here for Anne. Public transportation isn't what it should. Could fundraising help? No. No. Okay. No, that's, that, that, that's a public policy problem. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. You'd have to. You should run for elected office, Jim. Yes. And there's an election going on right now. What are the chances? There you go. Well, there's a there's a city one. You could run for city council here in yeah, May and uh, October. Yeah. Yeah, so I that would be more. You should start. I don't think you go state or provincial wide. You need to start local. Yes. Yes. You can't just dive right in the. You can't dive in head first. Right. Start uh, small, just like my ambitions. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So you guys hang on. I'm gonna say goodbye and I'm gonna end the stream. 
Say bye, everybody. Thanks, Simpleton, bye. for being such a great, uh, a great, a great, uh, a great something, a great, uh, whatever. All right. Thanks, contributor. everyone. Contributor. Cousin. Contributor. Cousin. Thanks, Crow.